The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Hey, if you're in a 12-team league and it's about to be round seven... You should prepare for the rookie wide receivers to be coming off the board based on what we saw yesterday in the live mock draft we did right here on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. To all of you listening at home, if you want to watch us, if you want to see what we look like, see my cool new haircut. Heath, I think, has a cool new haircut. Dave has looked exactly the same for the 12 years I've been working with him. Uh, 13, I think. Uh, yeah, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. I noticed Dave is higher, I think, on the rookie wide receivers, except for the ones that are late round picks. You guys except are, for the one that Heath is higher on. Well, except for Garrett Wilson. But in terms of the the appealing ones, Burke, London, Burke's London, Olave, Dave is the high guy on them compared to Heath. And for some reason, Heath likes Garrett Wilson a lot. What's up with that, Jets, Mr. Jets? Well, Garrett Wilson was my favorite um, wide receiver coming into the draft. And um, so I think that's probably what's up with that. But... I like it. I think I'm normally lower initially on the rookies in my rankings because, especially this time of year, the rookies are are much closer to the projections, um, and they're not going to project very well. The highest ranked rookie is Traylon Burks. He's number 32 for Dave, and for Heath, it's Garrett Wilson, who's number 35. Uh, Dave also has Drake London back to back with Traylon Burks, so. London and, and Burks are wide receiver threes for, for Dave. And so is Olave. He's number 37. That's full PPR. They, they actually are in non-PPR, yeah, too. it's both. I, I really think that PPR, they're safer in that space. Olave, too. Actually, you know, a trend that I had noticed, I don't know if it held true last year. It certainly did not with Jalen Waddle, but it did with Jamar Chase and maybe Devontae Smith. Rookie wide receivers have typically done better in non-PPR. They don't usually get... They don't usually break out into their full catch potential as rookies. Obviously, Waddle was was an exception. And I think I have, and there's one or two where I have them the same, but I think I have all of the rookies ranked higher in non-PPR than I do in full PPR. And I think Dave might be the opposite. It's very close for Dave, though. It's like Brooks okay. one can, spot yeah, ahead, yeah, okay. London one spot ahead in PPR, Olave one spot ahead in PPR than he is in non-PPR. So Dave, Dave basically has them you know, very similar. 
Um, but I don't know, Dave. You want to? You want to? Are you higher? Do you think on? Like Heath said he's a little conservative with the rookie wide receivers this time of year. Are you the opposite? Are you higher on them? I'm higher on them because I think a lot of them are going to have a chance to play really quickly, and that's going to obviously help them put up numbers and and be useful for fantasy. And I, I think about Traylon Burks and Drake London. I think about the situations that they fell into in their draft. I know their quarterbacks aren't necessarily great, but. They're, they, they've got a path to 120 targets. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody that can put up some huge target potential and then hopefully do things with it. They both have size on their side as well. I'm a little bit more worried about the touchdown. I'm worried about the touchdowns for both of them, but if they can get you to six or seven over the course of the year, get close to 1,000 yards, put up 70 catches with it, that's a wide receiver three. I admit that I'm drafting them near their ceiling, because they are in that wide receiver three range. But I also look at a lot of other wideouts from uh, from Lockett. Lockett's ahead of these guys, so maybe that's not the best one. But Gabriel Davis, for now, behind Burks and London. Uh, Rashad Bateman, behind. Devontae Smith, behind. Christian Kirk, behind. Hunter Renfro, behind. Alan Lazard, behind. All those guys are behind them because I don't know if they've got that same type of upside that these rookies have. Now, in saying all that, one of the things I've learned from Heath, and this is Heath's projections are one of the best things that we've got going. I know that he's got a baseline, I don't know if it's a model, but like a baseline number for wide receivers, rookie wide receivers based on past performance, historical data, et cetera, et cetera. I want to make sure that that's right. And I'm not just making that up, Heath. So you can tell me if I'm wrong on that or not. But if I'm right on that and you do use a basic standard, for rookie wide receivers, what what are those basic standards, and then how far do you deviate from them for the receivers that you really like? I very rarely project a rookie wide receiver to have more than twenty percent target share. Okay, um, and I think like the Traylon Burks one is the one that really I struggle with because he did fall into a situation, and I don't think it's fair that he's getting the AJ Brown comparisons because there's, there are some similarities, but he's not AJ Brown. I don't think. I think it's really um, unfair to call him AJ Brown right now. Right. But then the other side of that is AJ Brown saw 84 targets as a rookie. I guess this is an extremely run heavy offense. And now Robert Woods is going to be there for at least part of the year. Um, so yeah, I, I generally, my rule is I generally don't give more than a 20% target share to rookies. I may have gone a little over that on a couple of the very early guys, but then also the other thing is, like the later you are selected, the lower I'm going to be on your first year target share. And Sky Moore could be an example of that. Would you like me to tell uh, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Would you like me to tell you the wide receivers who have rookie wide receivers who have finished in the top 36, you know, for the last however many years you'd like? Yes, please go back 31 years. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd go like back to go five years. I'll, okay. So let's start. Let's go 2021. Chase, Waddle, St. Brown, Devontae Smith. All top 36. Uh, 2020. This is game? per game? No, full season. 2020. Uh, well, I, I, mm. I mean, per game, you know, you start getting into per game. It, it, I can give you the per game. Uh, it, ju- 2020, Jefferson, Claypool, Lamb, Higgins, Ayuk. Uh, 2019, A.J. Brown, McLaurin, Debo, Metcalf, Darius Slayton was 37th, but 33rd in non-PPR. We found a way to say his name again. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. 2018, Ridley, yeah. DJ Moore. And DJ Moore barely made it. He basically was Darius Slayton. 
And then 2017, Juju and Cooper Cup. So it's gotten so much better the last three years. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. I have the same combination in my luggage. Uh, one, two, three, four. We've had 14 wide receivers finish top, rookie wide receivers finish top 36, five, five, and four in the last three years. Um, I would just say any wide receiver that I have projected at least in the top 50, but maybe in the top 55, if they play 17 games or even 16 games this season, they'll probably finish in the top 36. Yeah, but not all of them did play 17 games, you know, and, and the stories well, were Well, no, I, a lot of them didn't because they only started doing that last year. <laughs> not, not all of them played full seasons, and a lot of them are, di- you know, the stories are different, right? So you got a guy like Amandra St. Brown and Brandon Ayuk. They had pretty similar rookie seasons. They basically did all of their work in the last six games of the year, and in that stretch, they were basically top five, top six receivers. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, T Higgins did so much of his work in that one stretch with Joe Burrow. And then Burrow got hurt and Higgins wasn't really usable anymore. And I think like the St. Brown and the the AJ Brown and the, um, I I guess maybe even the Justin Jefferson, but like, what is it for a guy who you think has the upside that could be a top finish as a top 36 wide receiver because he has a great six games in the end of the season or seven games. Um, and I think more often than not, it's the, it's the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, wh- where do you draft that guy if you know <laughs> that <laughs> if he's not done at the first seven or eight weeks of the season, you're going to probably drop him? You don't, you, you pick him up off waivers. Oh, I don't think you can take him <laughs> for mm, when somebody else drops him. Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah. Oh, man, another delay with Dave. Yeah, what is I get going that. on? All right, Dave, hop out and hop back in. I'm sorry, man. Uh, we always have issues now with uh, with Dave's uh, setup here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna boot him. Well, and we definitely do remember the guys that we may or may not have dropped at some point during their rookie year, and then they had great um, finishes. But what about the first round picks over the last five years, or second round picks, or third round picks that we drafted in the first ten rounds that we we rightly dropped? Oh, sure. Well, and then who would you rather... And then like, how do you judge Devontae Smith versus Amonra St. Brown? Like, You'd have to say, even though Amonra St. Brown was really mostly mostly just useful for, for that last stretch, you know, you'd have to say you preferred him, right? Right, and like, I don't think anybody drafted Amonra St. Brown in the first 10 rounds anyways. No. But if they did, they almost definitely dropped him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, there are different paths to uh, being fantasy relevant for these rookie wide receivers and for all wide receivers. And let's see, I got Dave back here. Dave, you got me? Well done. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. All right, so I'm going I'm to go through where all these rookie wide receivers went. And then later on, we're going to debate some of the veterans. Mike Evans is about 12 spots apart in the PPR rankings. I think we've done that one before, but we'll do it again briefly. Amari Cooper is 10 spots apart in the PPR rankings. Allen Robinson, seven spots. Jerry Judy, uh, six spots. And I did want to talk about Amon St. Brown because he is pretty low in the rankings. I'm going to ask you just one quick question about all these rookie wide receivers based on where they went in our draft yesterday. And it started with Sky Moore, who went at pick 7.7, seventh pick of the round of the seventh round, 79th overall. Two full rounds after Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> what was that, Heath? That was my head exploding. Oh, oh. Yeah, first question is, Dan Schneier basically said, like, okay, let's just have fun with it when he made the pick. So I think he knew he was he was going off the board I, there. But 
I have already got the impression that I'm not going to hate myself for being the low guy on Sky Moore. Um, but I and I wrote his prospect profile before the draft, and I really liked him, and I put the Chiefs as his best potential landing spot. But I also thought that he like he was pretty raw. I don't have great expectations for him as a rookie. I think he's played wide receiver for three years of his life. Mm. Um, I and they have a lot of weapons that do similar things to him. Yeah, so he shouldn't be the first one off the board. I think we all agree on that, right, Dave? <laughs> I agree. I don't think Sky Moore should even be the fifth off the board in redraft. You could make the case that he could be sixth off the board. We could say that that's fair. And the real basis of loving Sky Moore is, well, he's he's sure-handed, he's quick, and he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. And the competition from for targets beyond Travis Kelsey uh, everybody has a flaw, whether it's Juju, McCole Hardman, uh, MVS, what have you. So I, I think someone's going to get excited and maybe a little overexcited about Sky Moore in every draft. I know I like him as a number four receiver. I'm willing to take the stab at him um, just because I, I know what the situation is, but it's not going to be the first receiver off the board. It's not going to be a round eight pick or anything like that. We're talking closer to double-digit rounds. More likely to have a Devontae Smith top 36 season or an Amandra St. Brown top 36 type season, uh, Sky Moore? Probably closer to St. Brown, where like late players start. have to get beat up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, three picks later, Traylon Burks, 10th pick of round seven, 82nd you know, overall. One other, I'm sorry, Adam, to cut you off. Um, Heath, when Tyree Kill came into the league, how did you, did you think he was? well-rounded and ready to go or did you think he was a little raw well he wasn't well he was it was definitely not well-rounded and ready to go i don't think he was really well-rounded until year three right but he still made a good impact i don't know if i'd say that he was an amazing fantasy receiver as a rookie but he did some 593 yards receiving it was it was rushing it was that's why right his rushing numbers were actually good i remember that and so i'm i'm hoping that sky Moore can be a little bit better than tyreek hill was as a rookie as a receiver yeah well, yeah, just overall. Well, overall, Tyreek Tyree Kill was wide receiver 15 in non-PPR and wide receiver 23 in full PPR. But that was so, so much because of his rushing, not because of his receiving. So, so do you have the numbers in front of you? What yeah. did he told Yeah, he had uh, 267 yards rushing. He scored nine touchdowns, and he had 593 yards receiving. Okay, so but also that team, yeah. the... The, the number one wide receiver on that team was Jeremy Macklin. The number two was Chris Conley. <laughs> okay. Well, how far away from that are we with Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS and Nicole Hardman? And Kelsey. Well, well, Kelsey was on that team, too. Kelsey was on that team, yeah. Oh, right. okay. So we're, we're not counting that. Of course Kelsey's going to be I, Can we move on to the next guy? Because i got like 13 wide receivers here to, to talk okay. about. Okay. I'm just saying that Sky, I think Moore's got a chance, but it's going to be, like I like I suggested, he's going to need a bigger opportunity because somebody gets hurt or sucks, and it'll come in the second half of the season. So I'm just going to have to reach for him in one league and make sure, sure I get him because I'm not getting him anywhere else in Dynasty or Redraft, I don't think. Sky's going to fly. I'm going to say that all the time. <laughs> It's Paw Patrol. It's Paw Patrol. Traylon Burks, 82nd (laughs) overall, 10th pick of round seven. Uh, The quick question here is, is that a good time for Traylon Burks, or is that kind of late for Traylon Burks? 82nd overall. Uh, Oh, I I would say that it's a little late. 
It's nine picks earlier than I would take him. Okay, and he went two rounds ahead of Robert Woods. So follow-up question, what are the odds that Robert Woods is actually the leading receiver for Tennessee and that he's a better pick than Traylon Burks? Sure, if he, stays, if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's there on time. And um, Burks struggles a little bit. 49%. 49%. So would you rather have Woods two rounds later than Burks? Yes, I would. Dave? If I can get Burks at 82, I I think I'd rather take the chance on that as of uh, now. I have them two picks apart right now. Where did Woods go? Two round, Basically two full rounds after, late round nine. It's probably a little earlier than I'd like to take a guy who's 30 years old coming off a torn ACL, changing teams, and going to a run-heavier offense, but I get it. Drake London, one pick after Traylon Burks. He went 83rd overall. I was so mad about this pick. <laughs> I was hoping to get one of these guys because when you go back and you look at this, this mock, I really did not go after wide receivers at all. So I was hoping to get one of Burks or London, and they both went right in front of me, and when London went, and it was a mock. I pulled the Scott Fish. I lost my, uh, I lost my cool for a second. I, uh, I think again, almost the same thing with Burks. Feels like a good value. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> Dave and I are just gonna say the same thing on everyone. Dave's gonna think probably. they're a good value, and I'm gonna say that they uh, went too early. Um, but man, like, how good do we think Marcus Mariota is going to be? You mean Desmond Ritter? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's be. more. I think it's more likely that Marcus Mariota supports a, a top three tight end and a, and a top thirty six wide receiver than, than Desmond Ritter as a rookie. Probably fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just joking around. <laughs> I think I think that the rest of that offense is kind of hideous, and their defense is also similarly hideous. This is going to be a team that's going to put the ball in the air a lot, and I think Mariota can benefit from having these two giants catching his targets. All right, so the question I have on London here, and really could apply to Olave too, because he's the next pick. Which veteran wide receiver would you take ahead of Drake London and Chris Olave? So we have DeAndre Hopkins, which might just depend on your team and whatever, but first pick of round eight. Devontae Smith, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk. You know, those are the next four wide receivers off the board. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Christian Kirk, and Brandon Ayuk. Heath, if you think that it's too early for these rookie wide receivers, are you taking that these veteran guys after them or before them? I'm sorry. I haven't got Hopkins moved down in my rankings yet, but I would probably take Hopkins over these guys because I think there's a chance that for the final 10 weeks of the season, Hopkins is a top 20, and I guess they could be too. Um, the one I had previously ahead of them was Devontae Smith. Um, but just one spot ahead. Right. So it doesn't when you when you start to consider the other players there, it doesn't seem all that early for these wide receivers. And then if you compare them to Hopkins, we know rookie wide receivers often get off to slow starts. You know, even Justin Jefferson, the first two or th- two games for sure, maybe three. Uh, not so much Jamar Chase, but but forget it. Like those guys are mega elite and they're kind of outliers. But rookie wide receivers often get off to slow starts. So knowing that it, it is that it's harder to justify taking them over Hopkins. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but if you were comparing the two, you might not really have a super start worthy guy for the first six weeks. Either way, yeah. Either way, obviously you're not gonna have it with Hopkins, but you might 
those rookie wide receivers might be stashes. So if if you were going to take Hopkins ahead of them before, which you were, you know, it's just something to think about. Something to think about. All right, let's go to Christian Watson. He goes 88th overall. He went one round ahead of Alan Lazard. My question is, should Christian Watson have gone one round ahead of Alan Lazard? No. I have Lazard ahead of Watson. Same. Should Alan Lazard go ahead of Traylon Burks and Drake London and Chris Olave? I have him ahead of them, yes. I do not. The one guy that I think I might have been a little too aggressive on after the draft was Olave. There, after further study, I might move Olave back a little bit. I don't know if I can keep Lazard or move Lazard higher than those other two rookie receivers. Okay, why are you pushing back on Olave? Part, just because of the New Orleans offense in general. If if I really think that Olave's got a shot at over 100 targets or maybe even close to 120, the way I have it ranked, he's real close behind Burks and London. That's bad for the rest of that passing game. So maybe I'm I think I probably put a little too much stock into Olave. I really like his game. Really like the fit in New Orleans too as the number two receiver there. But he's probably not gonna flirt with 120 targets this year. Yeah, I've got I've got him at 110 in the first projections, which I yeah, I don't have hardly anybody at 120, but this is another team I don't feel real comfortable with how often the Saints are going to throw the ball. Um Yeah, there's that. So that that will probably determine. I've got him at a 20% target share. I think he's awesome. I think being opposite Michael Thomas is awesome for him. And he might be one of those guys who doesn't, I don't know what the example is, but the rookie who doesn't necessarily get a ton of targets but has the extreme efficiency and so still finishes as a top 36 guy. That might have been A.J. Brown, actually. Oh, yeah. Right. Where did A.J. Brown finish? I mean, because, right, A.J. Brown, where he finished and the impact he had were were different. But you right. just had to wait for it. AJ Brown was uh, number ten in non PPR, number twenty one in full PPR. Big difference there. Uh, okay, then we've got Garrett Wilson, ninety fourth overall. He went one round after Elijah Moore. He went about uh, four rounds ahead of Corey Davis, for what that's worth. But who would you rather have, Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson? This pains me to say. And I like both these receivers, but I've got Elijah Moore currently one spot ahead of Garrett Wilson, thinking that he's got an opportunity to get maybe a few more targets, certainly in the early part of the year. And I'm just still unsure how I feel about Zach Wilson as a quarterback. These are two guys whose stock could absolutely skyrocket if Wilson has a great training camp and a great preseason. They should both play a lot, and Wilson is is an awesome playmaker. Garrett Wilson is an awesome playmaker, but I'm concerned about just how accurate Zach Wilson will be. And then also the Jets drafted this running back, Brees Hall, and I wonder if he's going to end up soaking up more work than what the, or he will help the Jets running backs soak up more work than what they had last season. Yeah, I feel like Heath, you might like this draft pick, (laughs) like late in round, late in round eight, Garrett Wilson. It's finally time for me to say that a wide receiver could have or should have gone earlier than where they were drafted. I've got him at uh, pick 82, so just inside the uh, seventh round. And I just kind of assume like they had Elijah Moore on the team. They had Corey Davis on the team. They chose to take Garrett Wilson at pick 10 when they were going to be fine secondary options at wide receiver later in the draft for them. They weren't going to run into a situation where they couldn't get another second or third wide receiver if that's what they wanted. 
they went and got this guy at 10th. I think they see Garrett Wilson as their number one wide receiver, and so that's the way I'm projecting him. If they did want to take Brees Hall, though, in the second round, then they had to take Garrett Wilson, basically. Right? I mean, because you could say, well, they could have taken Christian Watson or something in round two. They traded back into the first for another pick, right? Yeah, they got oh, Jermaine they Johnson in yeah. late round one. They could have taken Jermaine Johnson then, which is why the Wilson pick kind of surprised me. But they, they clearly their board as Wilson ahead of Jermaine Johnson, who was one of the top pass rushers in the draft. At least it's in this fat guy's opinion. And Brees Hall was the top running back in the draft. And they proved that in the second round when they moved up to get him. What are you drinking, Heath? Looks like an iced tea. Uh, it's just water. Oh. And uh, it's an old-timey glass. Mm. Well, it looks like iced tea. It's not. Well, it looks like it. There's not ice in it either. J- <laughs> Jameson Williams. Even if there was tea, it wouldn't be iced tea. We're into uh, we're in around nine now. So you had Sky Moore, Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Chris Olave all go in the last half of round seven. You had Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson in round eight. We go to round nine. Jameson Williams comes off the board, 102nd overall. Sixth pick of round nine. Question here. Jamison Williams goes two rounds after Amonra St. Brown. Basically, to almost 24 picks. Two rounds after Amonra St. Brown. What's better value, Heath? Uh, I think uh, St. Brown is. I've got St. Brown three rounds ahead of Jamison Williams. Um, I think they may have both. I think St. Brown went right about where I have him. And uh, and Williams just went just about a round early. We don't, we'll have to find out, like when he's going to be ready and how ready he's going to be. Denny's glassware. Yeah. 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 Those, those were plastic. That was plastic-ware, I believe. Right. So um, see, we have a comment on YouTube. Glass. Heath got that Denny's glassware. It really does look like you shoplifted that from a restaurant. I cannot recall the last time I've been to a Denny's. Well, any restaurant, though. I thought you were going to say, I can't recall the last time I shoplifted. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say uh, that. What was the last time I... I'm going to be thinking about that. Okay. All right. We're, we're interested. <laughs> hey, now. And then, Dave, I'm going to finish up with you here. We got five more wide receivers that went starting in round 11. Jahan Dotson. Then in round 12, Jalen Tolbert and Alec Pierce and George Pickens. Jahan Dotson goes, is the, on Washington. Jalen Tolbert, Dallas. He went two rounds after Michael Gallup. Alec Pierce on the Colts. George Pickens on the yeah. Steelers. And David Bell was the last rookie drafted, rookie wide receiver. He went late, late in round 13. He's on Cleveland. Um, okay, so you look at uh, Dotson, Tolbert, Pierce, Pickens, Bell. Who are you going to spend a late round pick on? From those five, it's Dotson. And it's you know draft capital plus speed plus potential upside in an offense that should throw the ball and needs a number two target to go opposite of Terry McLaurin. And it's an offense that for however much, it might not be much, but they upgraded their quarterback spot with Wentz. Uh, from Heineke. So it's not, I don't feel good about it. I don't have him ranked as a top 60 wide receiver in PPR. I think he's closer to round 12 than he is anything else. Okay. And that's yeah, a, a look. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, there's one guy here that I like in, that, in, in this range, I think, and that's George Pickens. Um, I think he has more upside than any other wide receiver on the Steelers roster. All right. Uh, I have something more exciting to talk about here, guys. We are going to give you some merchandise, give you 20% off some merchandise. You can represent your favorite podcast with official Fantasy Football Today gear only found on the CBS Sports Store. We've got T-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, pew-pew, hats, water bottles, and more. You use one of those. Wait, you can't let Heath near the... the warehouse where we have this stuff. (laughs) You might take one of those glasses. Shoplifter, Heath. 
Uh, we've got all this great stuff, and you can get 20% off your order when you use this podcast exclusive code FANTASYFOOTBALL20 during checkout. You might have to use all caps. I'm not sure. FANTASYFOOTBALL20, one word. And it's only available for our listeners. Head over to the link in the episode description and shop right now. So I have a hypothetical question about shoplifting. Okay. Not completely and totally hypothetical. It's bad. Okay. But let's say hypothetically <laughs> you were at a conference, okay, and um, the f- food was provided, was very good food, and you were really hungry. And they gave you little tickets for your food. And you went through the line the first time, and nobody ever asked for your ticket. Not shoplifting. And so you ate your, you ate your, you ate your dinner, and everyone else is eating. There's hundreds of people there. And then you thought, man, I'm still hungry. And you're like, ah, I've still got my ticket. You're good. So you went back through the line a second time. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, that's that's totally no, not shoplifting. I, I would ask before you order. Say, hey, I ordered already. I, you didn't take my ticket. Do you have enough left over? Oh my god, to- get out of here! <laughs> get out of here! You you're stealing from wimp. somebody if you use that ticket. You are not. Twice. There's plenty of food. You're gonna run conference? out. You gotta run so- out. <laughs> Someone's paying for that meal twice. Donovan Shea calls you Thief Cummings. Thief Cummings. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Um, All right. So we got an email. I can't wait to come back to your house again. Your dad will love it when I'm like, hey, I know I had some of your cookies before. Can I have some more? Oh, you you more than well give as much as you want. I can shoplift some pizza and wings. I'll be there at one o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to. I need to make up for that. Yeah. I owe you some rah-rahs. So don't read the email of the year, guys. Don't read the email. Um, Not going to read it. A little background here. Heath, you missed the show yesterday. We're working on a new intro. I'm going to let you decide. I'm going to do this segment real quick. It's going to start like this. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? Okay. So the next part is either going to be this. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. The grunts or this. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is gonna go the distance. So we get to decide grunts or no grunts. I think grunts won the YouTube poll yesterday, fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent. I'll mix them in. We'll do both. But Heath, do you know what those grunts are? Can I hear them once more? It's time to dominate yes, you your fantasy league. <laughs> I don't think I do. Dave, do you know? Play it again. Last time, last it's time. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> Is that professional wrestling? No, it's professional football. One of our listeners knew what it was, which blows my mind. They knew what the grunts were from. They knew what it was from. It's amazing. This is why it's the email of the year. And nobody got it on YouTube yesterday. Nobody has it now. I'll just tell you what it is. Todd in a city barely south of Nash Vegas. Lynchburg. Uh, Brentwood. Brentwood. Todd from Brentwood says, this is from the 1990 Broncos versus Chiefs matchup in which Broncos safety Steve Atwater laid the wood to Chiefs running back Christian Okoye, a.k.a. the Nigerian Nightmare. The hit actually made the NFL's top 100 plays of all time. Awesome play, especially in the context of how good both players were back in the day. Go with the grunt. I recognize the sound from the game itself and an early 90s NFL tape I still have called Thunder and Destruction. <laughs> So I went on YouTube and I watched. And what it is, 
The first grunt is Atwater hitting Okoye. The second grunt is Okoye going, Ugh! and then the ah at the end is Atwater basically taunting it's Okoye. It's time to dominate so, your fantasy league. So that is not a guy in pain. That is a guy celebrating. Okay. Uh, very, very cool. And yeah, that is a legendary hit, by the way. Um, by the way, Dave's suggestion to include Heath's sigh made me laugh. That soundbite is hilarious. Mixing that into the theme occasionally would be fun Easter egg of sorts. Yeah, I agree. I think we should do that. Dave, we came up with a segment yesterday. Uh, we're going to do sell high or Heath sigh, which we're going to have to figure that out. I yeah, like when that segment comes around, I'm not going to want to sell high on anybody. <laughs> uh, all right, so hey, thank this, you. This receiver just broke his leg and is retiring from football. What should we do? Don't sell high on him. <laughs> <sighs> all right, so let's give you a few news and notes real quick here. ESPN's Jordan Reed thinks the Titans are going to force feed the ball to Traylon Burks in the I running like game as well. So that'd be fun. And Houston GM Nick Casario said that rookie running back Damian Pierce will have to create a role for himself. I don't know how he'll ever do that with all the competition on the roster. <laughs> Are we sleeping on Marlon Mack? Because honestly, if you look at the YouTube yeah. comments, we're sleeping on Marlon Mack. He's uh, he's definitely worth a late-round pick. Could be a zero RB type of player. You got to wait and see what happens in training camp. Right now, it sounds good because the GM is saying that the rookie has to earn his role. That's how a lot of GMs and a lot of coaches think. And maybe Marlon, we might be right back where we were with Marlon Mack two years ago, where Marlon Mack, the lead guy for Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor, the Ballyhood rookie, and the coaches are going to be like, nope, Jonathan Taylor's got to earn his role. And Marlon Mack has to, you know, it ends up being a, a valuable pick in fantasy drafts. And then he goes and misses pretty much the entire year getting hurt in week one. And Jonathan Taylor eventually evolves into the stud that we know him as today. I don't think it'll be quite like that, but Marlon Mack could be the lead running back for Houston to begin the year. And then Pierce takes over at some point. So if you, if you draft Mack in the double digit rounds and then before the season, name your team return of the Mack. And then he's a starting fantasy running back all season long. That would be like pretty spectacular, right? Yes. You should get an extra like 20 points added to your points for yeah, just for that. By the way, can I can I pitch my uh, fantasy football league idea on the air right now? Ooh, is it? Yeah, I would love. Wait, just a second. Let me pull up the Twitter thread real quick, just so I can type it directly. <laughs> in. No, yeah, like someone's yes. gonna, yes, someone's gonna steal this at some point. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw well, it out now. Hold on, hold on. If someone's gonna steal it, then what you need to do is not say it now. No, I already. When the podcast is over, you need to tell it to me. No, I will. I will steal your idea. <laughs> Off it. I will be a rich billionaire <laughs> and you can, you know, keep hanging out and giving me cookies when, when I visit your dad's house. By the way, real quick, Heath, uh, someone in our fantasy baseball league named named his team after a player and then dropped that player. And as the commissioner, I made him uh, change his team name. So, is yeah, I'm pretty sure I held on to Yasmani Tomas the entire season <laughs> that I named my team Yasmani Money Tomas Problems. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. You have to sit there and think about it, and it still doesn't make sense. Anyway, <laughs> here, here's uh, here's my idea. I, it's what I want all of you commissioners to do. You're going to have to do it manually. So oh, that, I hate it. Yeah. I want you to allow your league members to pick games against the spread and get fantasy points if they get the pick right and lose fantasy points if they get the pick wrong. 
you as the commissioner can decide however many points you want for each correct or incorrect guess. And the picks obviously have to be made, you know, I would say they have to be made before Sunday. You might say they have to be made before Thursday. But if you're an underdog, then you can go start picking games and things like that. And, you know, I think I think it would be fun. It's a total, just, totally optional. And What? It, you know, it's just so fun. It's like watching you grow up through the many stages of a dad. Like you nailed the dad jokes just right away. But it took you a couple of years to get to the telling us the same story that you've told us six times already. I've never said that. Thinking on the, that no one's ever heard it before. I've never said this on the show. Absolutely told this story on the show. No way. To me in the past. No way. 100%. No way. You've absolutely said this idea before. Yes. I'm just not sure if it's on the podcast. I never said it on the show. I really don't think I ever said it on the show. Because I, because I, I wanted, I, because no, I don't, I didn't say it on the show. <laughs> and I'll tell you why after off the air. But. <laughs> Uh, I think commissioners should so do it. Tell me that off the air, but you know. I think I might. I might try to do. There's no way I'm be able to do it for the podcast league. No, I'm just too busy. No, and I'm no, not. And nor should you, because it's just more, more stuff. Yeah, but people like it. It's fun. It's fun. I think. It's what a if fun you element. just? What if you just get points if the team that your player who you start is on covers the spread? No. So no. if I start AJ that, Brown the and the Eagles cover the spread, that's an extra five points. What's the skill and in if that? If they don't cover the spread, then I lose five points. No, what, there's no skill in that. You gotta you gotta pick games, and you don't have to. You know, it's totally completely optional. You don't have to pick any games at all, or you can pick every single one. Anyway, it's brilliant. Enjoy it. Are right, we gonna take a break? When we come back, some wide receiver disputes and some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Boy, look at the rankings for Mike Evans. I'm telling myself to look at them because I don't remember them. Uh, Dave has Mike Evans something like ninth, and Heath has him 17th, I believe. They're pretty close in non-PPR, but in full PPR, uh, it's 7th and 19th, actually. So 7th for Dave and 19th for Heath. In non-PPR, they're they're much closer. It's uh, 7th and 10th on Mike Evans. So I do think that we've had this discussion before, but not the one that we just had before the break. I feel pretty... Pretty, uh, uh, yeah, it's Donovan Shea. Yes, you do lose points with the incorrect pick. That's the point. Yes, there's a risk to picking the, the games. Anyway, Heath, 17th for Mike Evans? Yeah, I mean... 19th, like, 19th. I know we've had this conversation before because mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable, and you love to do things that are uncomfortable to me. <laughs> but the like, I know that Tom Brady has only been on the team for two years, and so that can be the explanation for this. 
But like the really easy way for me is that he scored 13 touchdowns on 109 targets two years ago and 14 on 114 targets the year before that. No wide receiver comes anywhere close to scoring at that rate on a cons- on a year over year basis. And somehow he did it twice in a row. But like the two years before that, he'd scored 16 times on 270 targets, I think, 256. And I just don't believe that he's going to continue scoring touchdowns more than once every 10 targets. And without the touchdowns, he's a 70 catch, barely a thousand yard guy. In 16 games. Yeah. Uh, He's never played more than 16 games. Right. But if you say he's a 70 catch thousand yard guy, I'm saying, I think people might hear that and say, oh, that's what you think over 17 games. He's a 75 catch 1,075 yard guy. Okay, I'm just, I think it's a fairly important distinction, just to clarify what you mean. But, uh, okay, Dave, you've got him in your top 10. And it might be a little high, but the past four years in PPR leagues, he's finished 11th, 16th, 4th, and 10th on a per-game basis. He is the only pass catcher returning to Tampa Bay that has two healthy knees and Tom Brady's attention inside the 10-yard line as of now. And if it stays that way... He, the, he might score every week. I'm okay with the low volume because I think he'll make up for it in touchdowns still. And that, I think that's the other thing that Dave said. Like I'm, I'm kind of just acting like Chris Godwin's fine because I expect Chris Godwin to be fine. And if we get to um, three weeks into camp or two weeks into camp and Chris Godwin's on the pup, then I'm going to have to make some pretty serious adjustments. But Where I'm, do you have Godwin now? I uh, like 10, nine or 10. I mean, I'm not that far off. I've got him at 12 in PPR. So I, got I agree. You're going to have to make some adjustments if he's not back yet. The other issue I've got is I, I'll compare Evans to Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel and Godwin, Keenan Allen. And I just, I, I don't know. I feel a lot better about him provided that Gronk is not Gronk or if not there. And that Godwin gets off to a slow start because he's coming back from the knee. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to give you an Azer stat. Good. Take out the Saints game. He got hurt during the Saints game. He played 23% of the snaps. 17 game pace, 83 catches, 1,157 yards, 16 touchdowns on 127 targets. If you move the Saints game, I have him projected for 79 catches, 1,184 yards, but only nine touchdowns. Okay. Uh, next rankings dispute is Amari Cooper, 20th for Dave, 10th for Heath. Dave, low-ish on Cooper. Well, I think the first question you have to ask yourself when you get to Amari Cooper is, do you have Deshaun Watson ranked as if he's playing 17 games? I'll speak for myself. I don't. I think he's going to be suspended. And for those games, I can't imagine Amari Cooper um, frequently being a top 20 type of fantasy receiver. I also don't know if I'm going to see a breakout year for Cooper in Cleveland the past four years. I just talked about this with Evans. PPR points per game, he's been 30th, 20th, 14th, and 22nd. I think that puts him well within range of being a middle to low end number two fantasy wide receiver, provided that Watson does miss time. Is Cleveland going to change their offensive philosophy with Deshaun there? Uh, They kind of should. And so that might hurt a little bit. That might hurt Chubb a little bit. But I don't know if that necessarily means they're going to be so pass aggressive that Amari Cooper is going to fall into 140 targets. 
I think he's just, I think he's a very solid number two fantasy receiver. So wait, wait, hold on one yeah. sec real quick. You don't have Deshaun Watson uh, ranked as if he's playing a full season because you have him eight. Everybody has him eighth. Do you all have him ranked as if he's going to be suspended? He'd be higher for me if I knew he was playing 17 or, you know, potentially could play 17. The only person who, like I haven't projected for 17 games and projected at seventh. Um, I, mo- I moved Brady ahead of him because they were close enough. But I just, like... <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily a bad point. I'm not sure I've factored in that enough for Cooper. Um, but I also don't know for sure that Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended. He, if he doesn't have anything criminal and he's not settled any cases, I don't know what the basis for suspending him will be. Um, but also, I just don't care that much for him because there's 16 guys who could be a low-end QB1. And I'll just draft another one of those in the double-digit rounds and keep Watson basically where I've got him projected for 17 games. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, what do you want to say about Cooper, who you have 10th then? Um, I, I do think there's going to be a pretty significant I – I think Dave said, do I think he's going to get 140 targets? No, I've got him projected for 147 targets. <laughs> wow. So I, I do think he's going to – now, if, if Jarvis Landry came back, that would change things. Um, but I think he's the clear, clear number one wide receiver right now on this roster. And not just wide receiver, but pass catcher. There's not there's not anybody else that's gonna be close to him, I don't think. Okay. Next up is Allen Robinson, 22nd for Dave, 29th for Heath. And you guys both have him ranked as if he can recover from one of the worst fantasy seasons, one of the biggest bust fantasy seasons of any player at a lot, not injured in a long time, even without the injuries, he was so bad. Um, yeah. So Dave, I mean, 22nd, fairly aggressive. I'd say on Allen Robinson. I think he can get to 120 targets too. I think he makes the cut there. Uh, he's going to be in that old role left behind first by Robert Woods and then by Odell. Not that he's going to do what Odell did, but I think he can do what Robert Woods did. I went back and checked the most targeted receiver on LA, not named Cooper Cup, over from game to game over the course of the season. This is a, a composite receiver. So sometimes it's Woods, sometimes it's Odell, sometimes it's Van Jefferson. 127 targets in the regular season. So that's a lot. If you take Robinson's numbers from 2020 and 2021 combined and put that on a 127 target pace, it comes out to 82 catches, 976 yards, and four touchdowns. But that's in Chicago's offense. That's with Justin Fields and Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and Trubisky and all kinds of crapola at quarterback. No offense, Justin Fields. You're awesome. The composite Rams receiver that I talked about, the guy who isn't Cooper Cup, that next best receiver in 17 games, caught 10 touchdowns last year. So I, I think he's well within. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he caught eight or nine, the same type of number that Heath projected for Mike Evans. I think he can get there because I think the Rams offense is that good. And I think he'll have that much of an opportunity. So I'm ranking him as a low-end number two wide receiver in a year where I don't love a lot of low-end number two wide receivers. Yeah, there. Um, I think I may be hedging a little bit more that what we saw last year was the beginning of the end for Allen Robinson as a, an elite wide receiver. And the thing he's been elite at through his career, it's not except for 2015, it's not been his efficiency it's been the fact that he's earned 150 targets like if he earns 150 targets he's a a low end number one or high end number two wide receiver i've got the numbers dave said aren't far what i have from what i have i've got him on 123 targets 81 catches a thousand yards and six touchdowns 
um, the touchdowns would oh, definitely the make the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the touchdowns would definitely make some difference and get him closer to wide receiver 24. But um, And I'll move him up one spot because I still had Hopkins ahead of him. So 28. But I I am a little bit, and I'm still a little bit worried that Odell Beckham is coming back to the Rams. By the way, uh, the numbers Dave gave, you know, with the number two wide receiver composite, that was with Cooper Cup getting a 31.5% target share. So there could be I, even well, more targets available for the others. That's true. But I don't think it's realistic to expect that Allen Robinson is going to be second on the team in targets every single week. Like saying, if you just took the guy who was second every week, there will be weeks where Van Jefferson's first or second on the teams in targets, I would assume. There might be a week or two where Tyler Higby's first or second on the team in targets. So yeah. even if it stays like this, Robinson won't be second on the team in targets every week. Uh, Right. But he could be first on the team in some weeks. Eh, probably not. <laughs> Woods had a couple of weeks, I believe, where he yeah, was he probably was. Up. Uh, okay, and then Jerry Judy, twenty fourth for Dave, thirtieth for Heath. Not that different, but I do think Heath. Did you have Sutton ahead of Judy? Is that why I put this in here? Yep. Okay, so that must be it. Uh, Dave has them back to back. Okay, so this is why I put them in here. Dave has Judy twenty one and Sutton twenty two in non PPR, and whereas Heath has Sutton nineteen and Judy twenty six. And then in full PPR, Dave has also then back-to-back, Judy 24, Sutton 25, Heath has Sutton 24, and Judy 29. So it's it's back-to-back for Dave, but he prefers Judy. Heath, you clearly prefer Sutton. Yeah, I don't know if I would go as far as to say I clearly prefer Sutton, but I do prefer Sutton <laughs> slightly. Clearly. Um, and it's probably just like, and this is the type of thing I've said before, but I've seen Cortland Sutton be good in the NFL before. Um, yeah, and it wasn't because he had a, a, a world-class quarterback. He was just, and I, I love what he can do downfield. I think he's more likely to be that guy catching the home run balls from Russ, but I don't, I wouldn't want to bet anything of significance on which one of those two guys is going to be better. Neither do I, which is why they're back to back for me. And I've got Judy a little bit higher because I think he's just maybe a little bit more athletic, maybe a little bit faster. And hopefully he'll be healthy and ready to go this year where he, you know, looked like he was going to break out in that first game and got a ton of targets and a half of football. And then he had a high ankle sprain and the season really got away from him then. Uh, I just, I hope he plays better with Russ than he did with the other quarterbacks. He averaged like, he was under 10 PPR points per game each of his last two years. If he can jump to 13 PPR points per game, that's on par with, maybe a top 30 wide receiver that's based on last year. If he's at 14 PPR points per game, that's on par with the top 24 receiver based on last year and the year before. Lockett had at least 14 PPR points per game each of the last two years. Metcalf was at 13.9 last year, 16.6 in 2020. And Russ is throwing more in Denver, we think, than he did in Seattle. So I think... Oh, man... Yeah, I disagree, Dave. There's plenty of opportunity for both. I broke up again, didn't I? Yeah, you, you and I, you and I are always breaking up, Dave. Oh man, uh, yeah. So you know, the thing that I encountered yesterday in our live draft was they went. I couldn't. I couldn't wait on Sutton. I thought maybe it was going to be a situation where I just would take Sutton because he'd be because he'd be later. I'd let someone take Judy, and then I'd take Sutton. And that did happen, but it was three picks later. So Sutton, or Judy went off the board with the 49th pick, and then I was on the clock three picks later, and I knew Sutton wasn't going to get back to me 
almost two full rounds later, about a round and a half later. So I had to take them there. So, you know, it doesn't really matter how different you have them in your rankings. You're gonna have to take them probably within the same round or within within 12 picks. Like if Judy comes off the board, you might have to take Sutton with your next pick. You might not be able to wait uh, to get Sutton with with uh, your second pick, if that makes sense. Uh, so I think they're going to get closer and closer than maybe what people thought at the beginning when the original trade happened. It's like Judy, I feel like Judy had all the momentum. Now Sutton's stealing it back a little bit. But uh, that's a bit of a rankings dispute here at the wide receiver position. Let's read some emails. From Steve in Denver. Hey, John, Terrell, Eddie, Rod, and Shannon. Terrell. Those are Terrell? those are definitely Raiders. Yeah, those are Raiders. I just acquired pick 202. Which quarterback should I take? Are they all going to be available? Should be. It's Willis. I have pick at the highest... Okay. But you say it in a way that oh, I don't. Sounds yeah, sad. Um, I'm updating all of my dynasty position rankings this week. Quarterback is first, and the rankings are done. The article will be done probably 20 minutes after we get off of this podcast. And one of the main takeaways was that I did not have a rookie quarterback in my top 24 dynasty quarterbacks. Wow, I don't That's think amazing. Malik Willis was the only one I was really excited about, and I, I just feel crushed by how far he fell and what the NFL, the rest of the NFL said about him. I think that all the quarterbacks are in a bit of trouble. Pickett probably has, I mean, he's, I, I think Pickett's got a chance to start week one. I think he could unseat Trubisky in training camp. But I agree with what a lot of people are saying about Pickett, which is he doesn't seem to have that high of a ceiling. What I'm worried about, and you didn't ask me about Ritter or Corral, was that they could be replaced as soon as next year because they were taken with such low draft capital. Theoretically, the same thing could be said of Willis, but I wonder if Willis will have a little bit more time to develop because Tannehill's the starter in Tennessee. Yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. I'm sorry we didn't get to more emails. I will get to them later in the week. We still have two more episodes, Thursday and Friday. Fantasy football today at CBSI.com. I also had a joke that I was going to say. Oh, yeah, this won't be the last time you hear this, Heath. I, I guarantee it. Like, if I say a joke that I think is as funny as this one is, it's not, though. Uh, at 53 minutes into a show, like I know we don't have our full audience, so I'm just going to have to say it again. Can we appreciate the fact that, that the University of Pittsburgh has now given us a place kicker whose last name is Blewett and a quarterback whose last name is Pickett? That's pretty bad, right? It's not a joke. That's just a statement. It's of kind fact. of a fact. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's something. It's jokey. But that's it for today's show. Thief Cummings back in action. Uh, Thief and I already recorded FFT in five. If you're on YouTube and you want to check that out, otherwise you can hear it on Thursday morning in our Fantasy Football Today in 5 channel. Make sure you're subscribing to that podcast as well. Thanks a lot to Dave as well. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.